Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So it's the eighth month, the beginning of the eighth month of the war. As uh, eight months ago today, Russia invaded Ukraine. And news out of Russia today, globalnews.ca, Russian police moved quickly today to disperse peaceful protests against President Vladimir Putin's military mobilization order, arresting hundreds, including some children, in several cities across the vast country. I'm just reading from the newscast here. Police detained more than 700 people, including over 300 in Moscow and nearly 150 in St. Petersburg, according to OVD Info, an independent website that monitors political arrests in Russia. The demonstrations follow protests that erupted within hours Wednesday after Putin, in a move to beef up his volunteer forces fighting in Ukraine, announced a call-up of experienced and skilled army reservists. The Russians are not doing well in the war. They are not doing well. They're being pushed back by the Ukrainian forces. Putin, in that speech, also brought up the specter of nuclear weapons, and they are conducting referenda in four areas of Ukraine and asking Ukrainians, would you rather be Ukrainian or Russian? And again, as I pointed out earlier, the news reports that I've read suggest the question of the referendum or referenda are being conducted by Russian soldiers, armed soldiers, going to people's homes and saying, would you want to be Russian or Ukrainian? That's a very fair process, isn't it? Oleksandr Sherba is a former Ukrainian ambassador to Austria, ambassador at large following the 2014 conflict between Russia and Ukraine when Russia annexed the Crimean Peninsula. He's also the author of Undiplomatic Thoughts. Ambassador Sherba has been a guest on this program on a number of occasions over the last eight months. Ambassador, thank you very much for the, uh, for the time. So it's eight months today. Do you believe Ukraine is winning on the ground? Definitely, definitely. Thank you for having me uh, on your show again, Roy. Uh, uh, please call me Alexander, first of all, Ambassador Shelba. We, uh, it's like the 10th time I'm on your show. Okay, glad to. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, we, we are winning this, this war. We have destroyed these uh, 150,000 uh, um, more or less skilled Russian troops that entered our country, tried to occupy our country. Uh, eight months ago, and uh, 50,000 of them are dead. Uh, uh, over 60,000 are wounded, and many, many of them just refuse uh, to go uh, fight uh, furthermore. Uh, they are saying, let somebody else uh, do that. And because because uh, Putin was losing this war, and it was became very, very obvious in, in the East, in Kharkiv Oblast, uh, he had to do something drastic. So instead of you know fighting with quantity, he's, he decided to, to fight with quality. A, uh, B, uh, to raise this um, you know uh, uh, World War II sentiment uh, in uh, Russia that we are fighting the fascists, the Nazis again, and uh, it's all they are against us again, and we have to defend our motherland. Uh, I uh, grew up in Soviet Union. Most of these men uh, go into war now. They, uh, like me, myself, um, grew up uh, watching World War II movies and dreaming about being heroes, you know, fighting 
uh, Nazis. Uh, but Ukrainians grew up ever since, and Russians, uh, many Russians seem stuck in this, you know, uh, uh, strange notion that uh, uh, the whole world is against them and the whole world is Nazis and uh, um, they need to defend Russia from something. So this is the uh, big picture, which doesn't mean that uh, the situation isn't uh, dangerous. Uh, as uh, a friend of mine, an uh, English guy who lives here, uh, says, uh, well, they're unskilled, they're unprepared, but that's uh, a lot of uh, men to kill. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so a it's, it's, it's a difficult situation, but we'll get back. So this Putin statement on uh, Wednesday, 300,000 reservists, as you say, that's a lot of people mobilized. The referendums in four areas of Ukraine and the threats of nuclear weapons. How do you assess that? How, it's difficult to assess Putin because I think to many people, he's just not he's just not he's not mentally well. Um, how dangerous do you assess that particular statement of Putin on Wednesday to be? Oh, it is very dangerous. Uh, Putin has uh, absolute deficiency of empathy, of, uh, you know, uh, this feeling of uh, admitting uh, the ability to admit that he was wrong. He is ready to take uh, down to the grave uh, not only uh, his government, but also his whole nation, maybe part of Europe. And he... I think uh, he is capable of using nuclear weapons uh, in Europe, in Ukraine. Uh, it's absolutely possible. Uh, I also think that he is getting ready to uh, strike and hit hard against uh, Ukrainian infrastructure once it gets colder in Ukraine, once it's frosting. So it will be all-in tactic, and if we Ukrainians, with the help of, uh, of, of all democratic, freedom-loving nations throughout the world, uh, keep our ground uh, through this uh, last, uh, uh, you know, desperate attempt to break our will, uh, I think I think uh, Putin is on his way out. Is there a power structure? Be behind Putin that is more reasonable, more thoughtful than him. And I, you know, I just looked at, um, at these, these numbers here, these stories. Eleven prominent Russians and nine of their family members have died of accidents, suicides, murder-suicides, and illnesses in recent weeks and months. The former head of Moscow's Aviation Institute is the most recent to die this week in a supposed fall from a third floor of a building under construction. Vasily Melnikov, the owner of a medical supplies firm, was stabbed to death, as were his wife and their two young sons. Less than a month later, the vice president of a Russian bank and his wife and 13-year-old daughter were shot to death. A pistol was found in the hand of the dead bank, bank vice president. One day after those killings, Sergei Pratsenya, the CEO of an energy company, was found hanged to death at his villa. His wife and daughter had been stabbed to death. This is in Spain. And Pratsenya was found with a bloody knife and axe in his immediate vicinity. This is hard for people to accept. Uh, two additional energy executives and experts died, one in a drowning on the Sea of Japan, and an executive of Luck Oil died after falling from a hospital window. And Luck Oil had spoken out against the invasion of Ukraine. I find it very difficult, Alexander, 
to believe these are just deaths of their being reported. Well, I always said that Putin is not a person. Putin is an organization. It used to be called KGB. Now it's FSB. And nobody ever in the history of the nation, of humankind, had the power as uh, as great, as big as uh, these uh, group of comrades from the Soviet times, if you consider. So at their disposal, all the Russia's money, uh, all the Russia's nuclear weapons, uh, and um, all the Russian media, all the Russian, basically most of the Russian uh, intelligentsia, journalists, and uh, he can do whatever he wants, but quite frankly, in the last couple of weeks, it seems like um, he is more or less uh, the only one making really, really making decisions. Everybody else, all these, you know, murderers, this whole murderous organization behind him, they just uh, uh, this his slaves, uh, his 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 uh, hitmen. Yeah. Um, it's uh, and it's scary if you consider how much power these people have over the whole world. Um, it's, 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 it's scary. It is scary. It's like a criminal organization of, of unknown or un, previously unex, not experienced proportions. Well, Alexander, the, the referendums or referenda that are taking place in four parts of your country, the Russians don't even control all of the territory, but they're demanding, if you go send a soldier to a house and say, do you want to be Ukrainian or Russian, and the soldier is armed, I think that is a demand. That's not a question. So they're going forward with that, and you and I both know Putin's going to say, well, we won. The people in these four areas want to be Russian. So a precondition for any agreement with Kiev. Uh, will be that those four areas are ceded to Russia. Do you agree with that? And if you do agree with that, do you think there could be the reality that the West, perhaps led by Washington, would say to your country, give them that and let's get out of this? What do you think? Well, uh, at no point uh, during this war uh, were we doing what the West was telling us. Uh, we uh, were never as much in driver's seat as uh, we are right now. Uh, and there is only one possibility for, I think that's my feeling, for the West, for uh, Biden administration, for most uh, decent governments uh, in Europe. Uh, I don't mean Hungary, for, 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 for example, but most decent countries and decent nations uh, won't tell us until we say ourselves, you know what, we are done with fighting, we cannot win this war, we uh, uh, are giving up. And many people would be happy if that happened, because it uh, uh, would mean uh, lower gas price and maybe business as usual with Russia in a couple of, uh, you know, uh, years. But we are not going to say it, we are not going to do this. And as long as we are standing our ground, no sham referenda and no, you know, demonstrations of some ex-anti-vaxxers who are now, uh, you know, uh, still in Putin's corner and doing Putin's business. We will we'll change that. And I think um, the, the, the line between good and evil was never as clear 
as uh, in these last eight months. And uh, the majority of people, the majority of governments uh, would understand what a sleazy move that would be uh, to uh, give up on Ukraine in this kind of situation. I don't believe in that. Yeah, it would be sleazy. And I hope it doesn't happen. Now, what I find interesting as well, and you have the perspective of having lived in the Soviet, former Soviet Union and grown up there. In the 1980s, the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, and they were handed a very serious defeat by the Afghans. And the Soviet people, if I remember correctly, put a lot of pressure on, uh, on the Soviet government and um, on who was the president? I... It was uh, Gorbachev. Gorbachev, of course. So they were putting pressure on him and saying, our boys are going over to fight a war that we don't want any part of, and they're bringing, you're bringing them home dead. So stop this war. And Gorbachev and the Soviets got out. Russians now, after Wednesday's speech by um, Putin, are massing the border to try to get into Finland, going to airports, trying to get out of Russia because they don't want to be uh, forced into the army, many of them. Do you think there could be a situation where Putin is under such public pressure to back off and stop that, that we could have a repeat of Afghanistan? No, I, unfortunately, I don't see such public pressure in Russia. No. Uh, I think, unfortunately, when I compare what I remember from Soviet Union, and I remember quite a lot, uh, and today's Russia, I'm sorry to say, but Soviet Union was way more peaceful and reasonable and understandable um, to and accessible to common sense than today's Russia. Because... Um, I remember uh, I grew up uh, to the tune of songs of how beautiful peace is and how uh, terrible war is. My uh, grandfathers, grandmothers uh, started every um, uh, dinner with uh, the toast uh, to peace uh, and uh, let, let's hope there is no war. And it was the same in many, not only in Ukrainian, in many Russian families. Most important thing is there is no war. And I was laughing about it. What war? It's just ancient history. Now I, now I remember it and I think about it. Today's okay. Russia, uh, partly uh, flee, uh, fleeing from this war, partly a minuscule part, you know, opposing the war uh, openly, but a huge part uh, of Russia bought uh, this war and uh, digged in. And thank God, thank God that... Uh, this uh, uh, huge mass of people is uh, uh, unskilled, unprepared, uh, uh, not very smart, uh, uh, don't have good uh, commanders, uh, and live in a corrupt country. Okay. Because if, if it wasn't the case, it, we would be in even bigger trouble. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.